Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, a weekly podcast where artists and performers go to chat about nothing. Hosted by Canadian singer-songwriter Todd Donald. For this week, uh, not to say that I don't admire all of the singer-songwriters that I've had on so far, but this week is a real treasure for me because I've been a huge fan of his for many, many years. We've performed together. He's even played electric guitars on one of my studio albums. And this was the first time we ever sat down with the intention of a long-form communication, which apparently is something that we both strive to have in life. I give you now Toronto-based and KW-grown producer and artist Rob Zabo. Rob Zabo, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Todd. I'm actually, like, I'm thrilled. All right, me too. Like I, like we were talking about as I got here, we've known each other for years and years, but we never really had a real in-depth mm. conversation because typically we meet out at a bar or wherever where, where music's happening and you kind of have a, hi, how are you? Nice to see you, but not much more than that, right? And typically in, in social situations, I find that people are, maybe we all have this, but I've gone out to bars and uh, to see people play or social functions. Uh-huh. And, and when you see people that you like and you want to talk to, they're aware that they have the desire to speak to many people that night. And, right. and like the moment I get too into a conversation, which is my thing that I do, mm-hmm. I'm reminded by social cues that it's time to wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm totally like that, too, because yeah. I, I crave like in-depth conversations and what you just described happens to me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> in later years, I find myself going like, okay, uh, uh, we'll talk more another time. Right, right, right. <laughs> Sometimes that never comes or never. How often do we do we plan to be around each other, especially nowadays? Right. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Sometimes uh, a thought that occurs to me as well is like introvert versus extrovert right. personalities, right? I find people who identify as introverts tend to want to like delve deeper into a conversation versus extroverts will kind of jump from one to the next without necessarily i'm not like qualifying it good or bad just more (laughs) personality type right yeah i remember one time on your website rob zabo by the way for you listening is a stellar singer songwriter and i I gotta throw the compliment in because i'm i'm a huge fan Uh, we've known each other for a long time as you said rob right and since the beginning i've i've loved your music in my opinion if you're looking for stellar honest lyrics uh musicality uh a a really sexy voice, <laughs> but a really good singing voice, and um, and it, yeah, it can be sexy. And um, guitar playing that will melt your eyebrows off. Can eyebrows melt? It uh, will shave them off. Yeah, how we do it. <laughs> and he uh, produced pretty much. You produced all of your solo albums. Yes, uh, so, I, I had some help with fr- friends of mine. Scott Cooper helped me on a lot of that. Yeah. So did Steve Strongman on one of them, and yeah. But I feel I feel like you've always had a producer's ear. Like you're you're down for making sure that sonically everything's presented well and quality and tones are presented well for guitars and mm-hmm. picking up picking up the voice in a certain way that captures air and you know you right. you, you paint with audio like a, a photographer paints with light in a it's, way. It's a nice way of putting it. Uh, <laughs> I've always been interested in the recording process, right? So like yeah. anything you spend time at, you you start to refine things and yeah and dig deeper right and that can lead into the fact that you've done a lot of producing work for for other people which is i don't imagine given how well you've put out your own work is was a foreign concept to you i could like the idea of you going oh so i'm going to record and and produce something but i'm not writing the songs and singing them right but ironically well maybe not ironically but out of the last how let's say 10 years i've been producing more than anything yeah. in terms of my living my work has n- not been self-focused it's been focused on recording and producing other people but for the most part that also means co-writing with them so yeah uh, i'm still involved in that process on that level right yeah what what is the definition of producer now we have a million definitions and yeah. they're all right yeah it's pretty wide it's a bunch of different hats you don't yeah. necessarily wear all of them yeah. every time right it's true, and I think the coolest type, the collaborative kind, especially right. when the producer is also a, an artist. Right, right. Yeah, that's my favorite way to work with people is is collaborate on on whatever whatever 
whatever I can bring to it that that they need or that they feel like they could they could I don't know use help with in order to make themselves like the best version of themselves. It sounds almost like a a self help thing, <laughs> like the best version of you. But that's ideally in a collaboration what what you're going for, right? Yeah. And like long form conversations, you get to have an over an overtime uh, like a continual conversation that you know uh, develops the language in which artist and producer understand what the person's thinking. Yeah, yeah, that's so important. I love that you keyed into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry to cut you off there, but I, yeah, that you do develop a language over the the course of working with people. Of course, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, every, everything's nuances. Everything's. Yeah. Yeah, so like you know, you need to understand what it means when that person says, uh, "I want the vocal to be wetter or drier or whatever." Maybe yeah. in their world, they don't mean what you mean when you say "wet." Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> you're using all these terms that are are kind of vague. Yeah, yeah, and and sometimes like you're communicating something for the first time, right? So you, yeah. don't, you don't know how to. Uh, I want it to sound like I'm in this room in Austria. Can you, do right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of fun. I tend to be the, on the side of finding the recording, crafting, and, and that process the most stimulating. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, uh, I do love the energy of being in a live performance uh-huh. and interacting, that relationship with the crowd, especially if they're one that's there with you. Mm-hmm. The thing I found when I was uh, touring a lot and, like, trying to keep the Rob Zabo like as a artist that whole thing going yeah. from I ended up spending a lot of time on just admin stuff you know like booking right. keeping your website up to date promoting shows routing tours trying to get the promotions together and that would take up an enormous amount of time and yeah. when I switched to producing essentially full time I realized that I was doing a lot more creative work. Like when I when I was doing the touring Rob Zabo show, that was like maybe ninety percent admin business work, ten yeah. percent creative music work, and and now with the producing, it's it's the other way around. It's like ninety percent creative work, ten percent you right. know everything else. So that was a huge shift, and I love I love that because I, I really miss that because you know in the last. Even even this past year, I think I've done five records, wow. all of which I've co-written on, and you know yeah. I did five records over probably ten years as a well, maybe not maybe more like six seven years. But you see what see what I'm getting at? Right, I'm right. doing like you know ten times the amount of creative work. Yeah. So yeah. that's huge. Absolutely. That's what I got into it for. I didn't get into it for to do to do business admin work, right? Right. We've touched on some things that you do that I, I sort of wanted to take a stab at putting in a funny way uh, a quick version of your bio. And on your website before, you had something that you called the exhausting slash exhaustive bio. Right. Where that's where you, that was the one that I wanted to read as a right. fan of yours, but you also had the, the kind of like press kit bio. Yeah, yeah. That was something I did t- tongue in cheek because, you know, you don't want to bore people with too much information. So usually what people want is a little sound bite. But, it, you know, in case you're interested, I had the long one, right? Right. And for people who might not have, might not know who this guest is today, I, I, I wanted to, to take a stab at, like, the 2010s have sort of been, like, Rob Zabo producer. Correct. 2000s yeah. were Rob Zabo solo singer-songwriter, Correct. touring artist. 1990s was Rob Zabo in bands with Steve Strongman and other people. That's like totally Mary, right. Plasticine. Groove yeah, Daddies. Groove Daddies was the first one, and that wasn't with Steve. That was with a couple uh, other guys, Patty Flynn and Jeff Cowell. That's right. Jeff Cowell, who a lot of people know from Sherwood Music over the years. Yeah. Right. Oh, man. I, and and I, I don't have any of the Groove Daddy records. I have everything else. Mm-hmm. I love everything, and there's, there's this really cool evolution that you get to hear. And I mentioned Steve Strongman because... Uh, as as being because he was in two bands with you, Marigold and Plasticine. We're sort of yeah. like back to back. I I feel like looking at it, Marigold was sort of like a precursor to Plasticine. Yeah, and um, there's there there are these songs on those records um, that sort of resurfaced in a rework on your second solo album. That's like right. Yeah, and because I felt like uh, people hadn't heard those songs, and I felt like they were good songs, and I was playing them on my tours, and I felt like well. People need to hear these, so I re-recorded them. Was there also a sense of like, because I love acoustic and I love stripped back things. So was, was there a feeling of joy, knowing that you could say, "We're gonna we're gonna peel back the layers and, and put the acoustic on it." 
Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of, like, take a song like No One, that was originally presented as this, like, full-on, really blaring, distorted guitars, crazy, but it was still a pop song, and if you, you take the production layers away, there was still hopefully a song that you could listen to on acoustic guitar and, and voice and, and get something across. Yeah. Yeah. What was that percussive layer? There was something percussive. It's like a, an oodoo drum. Oodoo, Is that, yeah, 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 it kind of goes, it's got a vocal quality to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love, or there's like a triangle on it too, isn't there? I don't remember. There's something like, high, uh, anyway. I'd have to listen to it again. Yeah. Okay, so... No, that's not a good way to start the sentence. I have the question. <laughs> you know I do. I could, I could see you with, you've got this editor on your shoulder yeah. as, you're, as you're asking the question, <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 start again. No, no, you, you know, like, I'm supposed tough. to be entertaining I've, I've, somehow. <laughs> I've been there. Here's a question. Do you, are, you, are you still actively a songwriter? Yeah, uh, like I was saying earlier, in the last 10 years, most of the records that I produced, I co-wrote on. Right. So in that sense, I've, I've been writing more than I ever had previously in my life, okay. what, which is kind of ironic because I haven't put any of that stuff out under my own name. It comes out under other people's names. Right. But to, to answer your question in another way, even though I'm doing all this co-writing over the last 10 years, that that feels very different to me than the kind of writing I was doing when I was doing it mostly on my own, right? As you know, mostly for the purpose of putting out as my own records. And I have been lately getting the itch to do to do that, and it does feel like a very different thing, right? So I don't know if that's what you're asking, but well, okay. <laughs> that's what comes to mind when you when you ask that. It's absolutely what I'm asking. I, I, I hear that the, the the songwriting muscle is being worked, and and I suppose with co-writing, there's an active there's an active decision to... Um, it's different every time. It's different that's, every that's, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's ironic. No, Ro- <laughs> I want to nail it down. Be a robot. Be a robot. No, sorry. Some of the most, most gratifying, fulfilling songwriting relationships I have with people feel effortless. And it's right. usually, I've found, when I look back at it or try to analyze it, it's when you do really different things. Like I have some really great relationships with people where... Where you're, it it seems just intuitively you both focus on different enough things that you're not competing for the the same kind of space, and you can kind of just egg each other on and do your jobs, yeah. even though that, that sounds like a pretty clinical way to break it down. Uh, it, it happens organically, and mm-hmm. that's those are the best songwriting relationships that that I've had. Yeah, even though I've got some people who are really close friends of mine who. I'm not able to co-write with. Just the chemistry isn't quite right. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's like it's surprising. So I've I've thought about this a lot. It's like what what is it? Why does it not work with you know person A when it works with person B? Even though on paper person A you you would think we're both accomplished songwriters. We've both written hundreds of songs. Why can't we write together? I think what it is is we both do kind of the same thing or too similar a thing. So there's this kind of competition that can. You develop in that that it kind of blocks you sometimes. Yeah. It's all about chemistry, and a little, maybe a little bit of psychology. Yeah, I, I don't have as much co-writing experience, but I find that there there are elemental differences when when it comes to um people have an unclear end result in mind already. Uh-huh. Like they, they have somewhere that they want it to go. Mm-hmm. They haven't found how to get there yet, but mm-hmm. they know when the person they're trying to write with is not going there right as a song a song doesn't become until it becomes yeah so if someone has something in mind you can't and you can't walk a different that's path such to get a, there. that's such an important idea that's yeah. such an important idea especially that i've found with people who are maybe less experienced and haven't come to that realization on their own right. meaning another way to express that i guess would be it's funny as soon as it comes out of your mouth it sounds ridiculous you know the song doesn't exist until it exists yeah so the problem people often run into is like you were describing if they've got too clear an idea of what they think they're trying to do it stops them from doing anything so then they start saying no early in the process and and you you know as a co-writer end up looking at them and going or saying to yourself why are you resisting this idea we don't even know this might just be a bridge to the better idea that's just around the corner right so I find like taking an improv approach to it, like you know how they're, you know, improv comedy, yeah. how there's rules and, and you're supposed to say yes to everything. Yeah. I find that's a good approach 
to go into a songwriting session with. Yeah. Just to get things rolling and and to keep possibilities open. I, yeah. I don't know what that plays into the yeah, you, what you, you were be talking a yes about. Yes, and co-writer. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. totally, hundred percent. That that theory I feel applies to so many things. It, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Right. It's more process focused than outcome focused. It sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. It's really well articulated. <laughs> uh, Steve Tyler said, "It's life's a journey, not a destination." Right. Um, and then he also said, "Waka waka boo bow." <laughs> and he also said, "What's uh, Janie's got a gun?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and draw the line. Yeah. He said yeah. all kinds of things. Uh, yeah. That was my start singing songwriting. <laughs> it was it was being a fourteen year old having his first uh, heartbreak and crying to Aerosmith ballads. Right. Yeah. That was me becoming a singer songwriter. Really? Yeah. Wow. This isn't about me. It's about Rob. <laughs> this is coming from years of listening to your songs, loving them for their musicality and how good the lyrics are. And I was able to understand what you were saying, but I identify with so much more of it now. You have a song called um, Something Like Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, like, I identify with that because there's that thing about wanting to be able to find someone that's the same kind of weird as you in this life. Mm-hmm. Um, the same kind of weird. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. And the, there was like a theme on your last album that was, that was a bit darker, but in a beautiful way, in my opinion, where the human <laughs> race a bit is... darker. It's like the, the human race is... Uh, please defend it and justify it to me right now. <laughs> what's, what's the Rob Zabel philosophy and, and what is... How, how has it changed if if it has changed in the last eight years since that album? Since that album? Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I've ever sat down and just thought to myself, okay, what's my personal philosophy? I mean, going through going through your life, you you know, you've got ideas and you if especially if you're an artist, you try and get them out there somehow. But for me, writing and making art is I try and um as soon as I've said that I hear myself saying, I try. It works best when I'm not trying to say something in particular. That's right. what I'm getting at. I feel you, like I'm doing You see what I'm getting talking, at? It's, is, it's all good. Yeah. It's, I mean, we're having a conversation, right? But to answer that question, I feel like yeah. I don't really sit down to write a song and, and say, okay, well, what's my, what's my life philosophy? What can I write about? It's more like I'm playing around with these sounds and I'm, I'm singing mush mouth lyrics, right. nonsense lyrics, and then I start saying words, and it's it's kind of the subconscious doing its work, and that's when I find the best stuff comes out, and yeah. I'm surprised by it. And so to to to, to call it a personal philosophy feels right more uh, it's not deliberate, conscious. yeah, deliberate. deliberate than than it actually is. So that's right. that. That's so, my answer. Maybe I guess. you have an alter ego <laughs> that's like Holden Caulfield all grown up, right? But I'm definitely a cynical you know socially critical guy and my ask any of my close friends 100% definitely but in terms of like sitting down to write a song right. and saying we're all alcoholics this is what i have to say yeah. you know for me to sit down it, like i never would have that that song kind of came out all at once and made me laugh and i thought oh i should probably finish this song yeah. it's 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 to me it's comical but then at the same time, it's, it's really true in many ways. And a lot of people have told me, oh, wow, that, that song. <laughs> yeah. But it's definitely cri- like social criticism in a way. But it's also self-criticism. And anyway, no, it's hopefully true. it works, right? Yeah, no, because you're not saying I'm better than everyone else I, that, or that I have. Oh, yeah, the out. we is very important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but less often than so, <laughs> will you get someone who's, who's saying, Listen, I'm going to call us out on some of our bullshit. Right. I'm also going to make it fun. Right. And I'm going to make it, it it's going to hook inside your brain in a nice way, in your, in your cerebellum and shit. Right. But I think the fun element needs more work for me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, no, I think you don't that matter. sometimes <laughs> people miss the fun element. Right. <laughs> well, I, yeah. <laughs> like maybe Too that's serious. <laughs> maybe the realism in, in some of my especially my earlier stuff was, uh, you know, that I later looked at as really hard to digest. Right. And, but musicians were fans of my musical. Right. Ability, so I didn't see that. So it's a fine line to walk, though, isn't it? Because yeah. some of the best, like we're talking about the lineage of singer-songwriters in the modern, you know, let, let's say from the 70s, late 60s, early 70s onwards, 
that's the the tightrope that they all walk, right? They they're expressing really raw emotions and, you know, being torn about certain issues that are pretty much navel gazing yeah. and self pity's right there, but you know, so, yeah. I, so you walk that line, I guess. Yeah. It's it's hard when when you uh try and dissect it. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? So, you know, what is the line? Yeah. It helped me reach catharsis right. at the time, so it was useful that I did that. Right. Isn't that the beauty of being that age, of, of just having that energy? And uh, I don't know if it was the same for you, but for me, I was much less self-conscious. And I guess that's just the nature of, of being human. As you get older, you learn more and you, you become more self-conscious. It seems like most people, that's the evolution. Yeah. And then so you lose that naivete, but you, you gain other things, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get that you value uh, human connection and relationships and creativity. Yeah, it seems to be sort of overall in the kind of left-leaning modern culture, that seems to be where people are going, you know. Right. What would you say? Our, in, our, in your group, in your surrounding, it's, it's like you surround yourself with art, artsy people or or you know, like-minded people and it seems like people are all getting to you know more money isn't going to make me more happy yeah and what are what does make me happy if anything with it's mo problems <laughs> right <laughs> right and it's also a getting older thing too people right. are more material when they're younger that's why everything is sold to the young that's an interesting thing as you get older, right? To realize yeah. that you're no longer the target market. Yeah. <laughs> and what's the problem? Is that the problem? Or is the problem just me going, wah? Right. Go, you want to be the focus. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> Does the top 40 suck? Or do I suck for, for, for allowing time to pass? Right, yeah. That's, that's your shortcoming, Todd. You allowed time to pass. <laughs> How dare you? Get off my lawn, you kids, with your, with your auto-tune. Yeah. In relation to now, it's mid-December, and in one week, you're carrying on uh, the 13th or 14th, uh, 14th. Tra- tradition. 14th. Right. Talk about the thing itself. It, it is coming up from our point of view now. Okay, so we're in uh, Kitchener-Waterloo, and we both grew up here. So you and I and Steve. Yeah. So uh, for people who don't know what we're talking about, there's this holiday show that Steve Strongham and, and myself do at the Starlight, and we've been doing it there for the last 12 years. Two years before was at the Boathouse, so this will be our 14th year. Yeah. And it's a, a show we started because, like you mentioned earlier in the show, um, Steve and I played in bands in the 90s yeah. together, and we played around the KW music scene for years and years. And, you know, made a lot of friends and played a lot of music for a lot of different people. And so now we're, we're playing this holiday show, and it, which started in 2005 as a way for us to see each other, Steve and I. Because, yeah. you know, he lives in Hamilton. I live in Toronto. We weren't seeing a lot of each other. And we just thought, well, we're going to go to Kitchener for Kitchener-Waterloo for the holidays. Yeah. Why don't we just do a show and see if anyone cares? And <laughs> so we've been doing that for 14 years, and it's been great. It's been a really great way truthfully to to reconnect with people who we used to see a lot when we were both living here and playing here more regularly yeah yeah, yeah. you had that whole scene probably also with a uh, mazola pony that's right which was like the the alter ego i, I say that because like there's like the benefits of doubt and they right were, they were also skinny fat oh yeah i know ben and and mike yeah, yeah. really well right i met ben rollo not too long before and I was introduced by Ben to Mike Todd on uh-huh. the night of the first Strongman Zabo Christmas oh, really? show. Oh, really? Uh, and it, and it, was, it was wonderful. And it's always a great time. When you see people, I've been to a few at the Starlight, people buy out this thing. People, people show up in droves and they're, they're ready to party. Yeah. And I, it's not a surprise why, because there's an energy that you two have on stage when you're, when you're back together. Yeah, we Just have like a lot said. of fun together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's... it's you get a it's bit one of looser. my favorite, favorite... Yeah, I do get a lot looser with Steve. See, that's, that's the thing. You know the thing... Sorry about that. I thought my phone was off. Um, no, no, I'm not answering. I'm turning bitch. it off. You son of a um, bitch. The thing I was talking about, chemistry. Steve and I definitely yeah. have chemistry because we're so different. We're radically different in every way you could imagine. Yeah. So it works. 
yeah. right? And it works as a songwriting team and it works as a, you know, a stage team, whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah. So it's so we just have fun. I mean, when when we write together, we're essentially just trying to make each other laugh. Not not that the songs end up being yeah, yeah. like funny songs. They're not like jokey songs. It's just you're in the room and you're trying to have fun, right? Yeah. yeah. It's it's effortless. That yeah. that show is fun. I really look forward to it. Speaking of collaboration and, and you as a producer, I, I, I don't I don't mean to gloss over that. It's it's astounding how how great you are as a producer. Uh, not it's not astounding like surprising. I think you're a great producer. Uh, Thanks, you've produced music, some stuff that I that I know about that I have that I've listened to. Bryden Smith, a uh, Kristen Latham as Kristen Zook on that album. Fucking Peter Katz, another. Yeah, like, I've done several for Peter Katz. And you and Peter are like right up there for me as like as far as inspiration. I was gonna say inspirado, and I was <laughs> saying no, changing it to inspiration. Peter's an inspiration for for many people. He's uh, yeah, yeah, he's really something. There's more. Scott Cooper. I have the vinyl of. Uh, oh yeah, we stationary did. satellite. Yeah. that's one of the songs on it. It's yeah, that's the first song. It's called Quiet Company. That Quiet one. Company. Yeah, we did a couple records together. He's we've. We've done lots of stuff yeah. together. He's a really well, he played, close friend. He played bass for you uh, in live shows and on yeah. the record. Yeah, on, totally. And on. he he produced a couple of my records before we That's started right. working on his. Re- yeah, totally. He's fun to talk to about uh, like nerding out as a musician. Right? Oh, he's that guy's a renaissance man. He's so good at so many different things in life, and most of them are like creative type skills. He's yeah. he's just a monster. He's he's a wonderful guy. And these records are all great. Mike Todd. Yeah. His his album from from a couple of years ago. That's the more, more recent time yeah, that I've yeah. seen you. And and um, I play, I saw you play at Rhapsody. You did a bunch of uh, uh, solo performances there uh-huh. as like a Vegas thing. <laughs> Is <laughs> like that how a, you looked at it? Well, a Vegas Ve- thing. That's an interesting way of because it was like a bunch of my tunes and a bunch of covers and kind of themed nights, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, Vegas was the first reference I had to uh, residency. Right. Not too long before that, Mike Todd put out his album, mm-hmm. and again, like. Like we we're both saying, like we, a lot of the people that we reference, we go way, way back with. Mm-hmm. It was great to hear this this release by Mike Todd that was like everything that I knew he could be on on a record. Right. I love the Benefits of Doubt record, and I love the Mike Todd Trio album. Yeah. But like this was him finally getting to to represent his his musical ability and his feelings. That guy is such a huge talent. I'm such a huge fan of him. That guy is as a singer. To me, you could put him up against anyone in the world. That guy yeah. is, I I can't even find the word. He sings like his life depends on it. Yeah, the, and and in terms of not only as someone who's accomplished as a singer, but as like a naturally gifted voice that like that voice, it's I can't. It's it, yeah. There's no yeah. words. Seriously, I'm such a huge fan of his voice, and the guy as a as a human being is uh, incredible. Yeah. yeah. He's very, to quote a a Rob Zabo uh, titular, uh, he he could be the life of the party, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's a a force. And the the whole time I've known him, any time he's been around me, I never felt like he understood that with me he has the license to to not feel like he has to be on. Right. I I think maybe it's just because most of the times I see him is at the Duke. Right. Yeah, so he's, he's on stage, right? Yeah, that record was really fun and gratifying to do. I yeah. I, I loved, like I co-produced that with Tim Abraham, who's a guy in Toronto that now owns Soleil Sound, and we we co-wrote most of the tunes with with Mike and a bunch of other writers, and it was a really it was a long term process, yeah. and I really I'm really proud of of how it came out and yeah. and the record that you're talking about. Yeah, I, I love people to hear it (laughs) it's a it's 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 you can listen to it and enjoy it two-dimensionally if you want to like completely it's you can you can dance to it you can you can bop to it 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 lifts you up and on the inside of it as well it's got this enormous fucking heart Mm -hmm. i've been thinking about uh See, the challenge that I had being a uh, quote-unquote singer-songwriter touring artist is I felt constrained. I felt like the, the music I had to make had to be, if you wanted it to market it 
as a singer songwriter, you just got to be this kind of acoustic, relatively stripped down. Yeah, it's got to fit into this box. Co-writing with the market. Uh, yeah, it's it's it was I, I guess partially self-imposed. I thought, well, you know, if I want to be Rob Zabo, this is this is the thing I got to do because I, I I think one of my uh, shortcomings, if you want to call it that, is that I'm able to play a lot of different styles because I love music and I love lots of different styles. And you know, I can go from playing metal yeah. to playing straight up singer songwriter, sad guy with the guitar stuff. But in terms of trying to get people interested in that, it's really hard because regular people don't listen to music like that. Right. They, they, it's more of, it be, it's more of a brand like you were talking about earlier. Yeah. So this is a long way of answering your question and saying, I think I'm going to do a bunch of different things. I'm going to do, I want to do like a stoner metal band kind of thing. Yeah. And I want to do a crazy whacked out, no limits kind of, uh, I have a name for it and everything, but, uh, whatever that alter ego is and I'll put music out as that. And then I'll do more kind of Rob Zabo stuff. That's in the, in the, you know, in the wheelhouse of what I've done. Yeah. Cause obviously I still want to do that kind of thing. And, and I think, I think I'd be happy with that. (laughs) So we'll see if I'm able to, you know, make the time or make that work. I would love that. That's the the dream for me though. Yeah. I always imagined that Rob Zabo, the, the, the artist, uh, whether producers attached to that or not, is is um, to the public awareness. Uh, he's just on holiday. I don't imagine you retired that or said never again. You know what it was, and it still is. Truthfully, is I never made a deliberate, conscious decision to say I'm not going to do the Rob Zabo thing anymore. Yeah. I'm just going to produce. I actually got busy producing, and I've been busy for ten years. That's what I imagine. So it's like I really haven't had the time. And so, you know, obviously you make time for whatever's a priority, but I've been just loving producing one record after the next for other people. Yeah. So so when I say I have, I've got the itch, now it's kind of like, oh, wow, 10 years flew by, and now I'm, I'm thinking, okay, getting a little older, how do I want to spend my time yeah. basically while I'm still alive? Okay, here we go. Those are my ideas. So we'll see. We'll see, <laughs> so we'll see what, I get, what I get to. Uh, so I wanted to ask you something. So you're a big fan of podcasting, right? Yeah. You podcasts and doing it myself. And yeah. doing it yourself. So where do you think podcasting is going? Cuz when I got here, I, I I told you I'm excited about maybe starting my own podcasts. Again, we'll see if I get to it. Yeah. But you know the thing that I come to often with it is it's and I think the reason that I'm excited about the idea of doing a podcast of my own is I think I crave the idea of long form conversation in day to day life. And to me, it seems like a good outlet to do it just for selfish reasons, whether or not anyone ever, yeah, whether or not anyone ever hears it. So we have that in common. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so I love WTF and shows like that. Even Alec Baldwin's got a great podcast with long-form interviews, but I think the part that I love is the long-form part. Hearing people really get into ideas and get into nuance and get into just another layer, a depth that you can't get to with sound bites. And I think that's really important, especially now. And I really like a lot of the docu-type or the storyline-type podcast, too. Like, do you listen to Shit Town? I don't don't listen to anything that's not, like, conversational or or improv. Yeah, I don't know whether you'd like this, but NPR, obviously, they're one of the biggest podcasters in the world. And so they do Serial and they do uh, This American Life. And they did a shorter shorter one called Shit Town that that Mm -hmm. you got to check out. It's... it's Whether... whether, I know you just finished saying that you love... Long for combos, but this is a story that's it's so surprising at every turn you you really can't put it down yeah yeah it's 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 like TV, but you can listen to it that's that's how I look at podcasts but right. there's there's also um there's the secret life of Canada, which is one that I'm a huge fan of really it's uh it's these two girls who are based out of Toronto now I think uh-huh. and they do it for the CBC now they started off just oh, doing really? it and they you're getting a bit of Canadian history from people who are not straight white men right but you're also getting the history that sort of shows that Canada's history isn't exactly as beautiful as we might be taught <laughs> yeah. in schools yeah no shit um, you know it's it's very uh, 
cheap fucking genocidal type people coming from Europe. <laughs> it's a history, history of the world. Yeah, one group killing another group. And but they put they they put a sense of humor on it. Right. They 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 get interviews over the phone. They get um, they do surveys that they put. They splice Interesting. In. It's very. I, I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, man. Yeah. It, I, Sorry, that sounds exciting. Sorry, we're we're no, getting like, excited here. It's, it's like <laughs> it's it's educate educainment, <laughs> right? Education, the secret life of Canada. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna be- check that out. Um, so I I want to ask you if if you'd be willing to do a couple songs on the guitar for us. Um, I don't have a lot prepared. I just have one that I can probably play. You want to do a couple? Eh? We'll see. We'll see if I can get through a couple. You don't have to, but <laughs> I, uh, I want music. It. I want. It. I don't want to play music, man. <laughs> Let's see if we can get a live Rob Zabro producing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is called "Give It Away." about myself So I buy more stuff and fill up my house Don't stop to think that I might have enough I'm used to feeling full cause that means safe and sound Give it away Give it away There must be more to life than take what you can take Give it away, give it away There must be more to life than taking all that You can get that's not nailed down They need to make you feel bad about the way you look So you buy memberships at gyms and all those beauty products Don't stop to think that you look beautiful the way you are Cause then they couldn't sell those bags in grocery stores Give it away, give it away There must be more to life than take what you can take Give it away Give it away There must be more to life than staring at your own reflection And compared to all the trees' roots in the ground If they fall, do they make sounds? They'll do just fine without us I think of all the booze that I can drink Limo rides with pink champagne There must be more to life than living large Give it away Give it away There must be more to life than take what you can take Give it away Give it away There must be more to life than taking all that can get that's not nailed down just a little spiel and then i have some bonus vault acoustic rob zabo for you times three baby happy holidays uh, we did a lot this year and i'm going to put up a celebratory post up on the coffeehouse crowd facebook page telling you all about it But seriously, I've done more interviews and published more episodes than 2008 through 2017 combined, I think. It feels that way. It feels like it's been worth it, more than I could possibly convey to you. So thank you for listening, and I'm always wanting to hear what people think of the show or see what suggestions you have or questions you'd like asked or answered. Send us a message on any of our social medias, and I will definitely look at it, and I will think of a thoughtful response. The Holiday Show with Rob Zabo and Steve Strongman, their 14th annual at Starlight, was spectacular. Talking to you now from Boxing Day, which this episode is live as of. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. You made it to the end and to the end of 2018. And now let me take you back to, uh, for a bonus recorded in... 
Waterloo at CKMS in 2008. Here's a song from my Like a Metaphor record. It's a song about a guy whose wife leaves him for his own brother. It's called Family and Friends. I keep looking at that picture from the litter that you sent. I keep thinking, but right now I'm not convinced that you and Johnny told our father that you're gonna have a kid. I can't look now in case it hasn't hit me. Well, good for you Good for you Good for you No, I wish you all the best Now he felt sorry for his brother Cause I really took it bad While you lied And you made each other's best I just keep thinking About that promise About it health and its sickness I can't talk now In case it hasn't hit me yet Good for you Good for you Good for you can be family then we can be friends it'd be good for you song called Hitchhiker Smile. It's a new one. I love you and your hitchhiker smile. It lasts until I'm all the way by. But if I look back, all I'd see is those eyes and middle finger hell up way high. salesman drive you always ask if I'm gonna buy but if I look back all I'd see is that tie you only last as long as a lie you make me feel like a player in a game that's gonna hurt me but I'll be okay you make me feel like I shouldn't be ashamed 
plan here you know the audience will get pretty so far I've doubled the audience it's not bad I think this song will be on my new record it's called he loves you Kicking in, now it's thundering 
Another episode of The Todd Donald Show, starring, produced, and edited by Todd Donald. The piano music in the rap is by J.P. Sunga, who you can find at jpsunga.com. The theme music is Mackie Alkino by William Chernoff. Find him at chernoff.band. And I'm Milo Axelrod, Todd's favorite bar none human voice. And I'm not bragging, he wrote this. If you'd like to hear more of my voice, check out my podcast, Describing a Rock, in which I describe some rocks. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Please support The Todd Donald Show by sharing it with anyone who might enjoy it. Follow and interact with at Todd Donald Show on Twitter and Instagram. And if you feel like going the extra mile on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review, preferably in its favor. Have a great day, friends. Thank you.